Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdenado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, who's a former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army football, uh, former Army officer, and a guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Check out our Black Knight Nation uh, channel on YouTube. Uh, we're getting close to 600 subscribers. We really appreciate everybody that's uh, watched our um, our coverage had a lot of videos I posted on the Army Navy game that are up there now. Plenty of our it's been a week, Brendan. It's been a week since the Army Navy game, but I was still posting stuff as of like Thursday and Friday of this week. It's it's crazy. So there's a lot of stuff up there from the alma mater to the, the the defensive stand, the goal line stand. I was in the back of the end zone. I shot that. That's on there. Press conferences, everything. So check that out. Um, we have, uh, you know, we were going to come on here and talk a little bit about, you know, Andre Carter and the situation that's going on with the policy um, and the government stuff. But we got some news today, um, uh, late later this afternoon, early evening, that Army's going to make some coaching changes on its staff. And it's, these are kind of things that we've talked about during the season a little bit. Um, but Brent Davis is out as a offensive coordinator at Army after nine years. And um, you know, Brent's been with Jeff Munkin on his previous stop at Georgia Southern. He's coached the um, the triple option flex bone offense. Um, he's he, he's he's a, he's a he's a guru he's a guru in in, in with the with the uh, scheme. And uh, I wanted to just um, get it out there first. Uh, John Griffin's saying congratulations to me for breaking the the news. The big bites for for me, Sal. I didn't break the news. Um, the news was out earlier. I kind of followed up on it a little bit and tried to get some insight i have some insight that i could provide here on who might be the next um offensive coordinator and who might not be the next offensive coordinator so uh, we'll talk about that um first off brendan let's get your take on when you first heard the news what your thoughts were uh so this is something i've been wanting for uh at least a couple of years now um and it's it's really like and it's really it's it's not personal you know i think i think a lot of times with uh with coaches sometimes things just run their course and um you know when you look back on kind of the history of this era in army football brent davis will go down as a major player in uh the, you know the reason that the the program came up the way it did but uh he he you know the last you know, three, four years, I'd say he's become a guy who's had kind of fewer and fewer answers. And, uh, you know, there, there are certainly kind of other factors to that. You know, there've been a lot of rule changes in particular, uh, the past three right. years that the offensive has, has had to adjust to, but, um, ultimately they've just been, there, there's been way too many halves in recent years, uh, particularly in service Academy games where the, uh, the black Knights have been shut out. And uh, you, you, you know, when the margins are that thin, you, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to, to squeeze a little more out. And um, I, I think, I think maybe like another good, good way to look at it. And, and, and this is something I've, I've talked about um, uh, online and on, on Twitter and stuff, but I, I don't believe in the, idea of like oh uh, a coach gets one game to save his job i think you, you either believe that they could do continue to do the job or they can't and um so just hypothetically hypothetically if 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 army had lost to navy this season we, we what we would have been talking about 
for the past week is like, oh my gosh, like what a disaster this season was. They didn't accomplish any one of their goals. And, um, you know, and ultimately the, the offense would have been kind of the, the biggest reason for that. You know, the defense started out this season, uh, kind of in a lot of trouble, but they, uh, they really grew as the season went on and became a, a huge asset to the team, uh, especially against Navy. But the offense just, you know, especially especially uh, against kind of uh, uh, opponents around Army's weight class or or uh, or above, they just they really struggled. And um, so I, I, you know, I, I think this is a this is a good a time as any to make a change. And uh, I, I know I know some people are a little scared. They're like, you know, be careful what you wish for. But I would point to the fact that after, um, what was it? After after 2018, and then we had the 2019 season, and then after after 2019, it's like, okay, well, that didn't work out on defense. So let's bring in another coordinator. You know, as long as with you know with with a with the program. You 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 you're constantly asking the question: Are we doing everything we can to be the best that we can be? And um, I would say that uh, you know, the, the, obviously they've they've made a change, and uh, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see who uh, ends up in that role. You know, if it's if it's somebody on staff already, uh, there's certainly one name I'd I'd be very satisfied with if it's an outside hire that could work too. It's worked out with the defense. So. Yeah. Uh, you hit it on the head a little bit uh, with, I think uh, one of the reasons for this change is the service Academy games, right? So army's mm-hmm. offense in the last four games against Navy has scored four offensive touchdowns. And one was in overtime uh, last week, you know, last week. Right. And yep. gate in the last four games against air force, they've scored 51 points. 51 total points. And one of those games, they scored 21 points. So that's, you know, 30, 31 points in, in, in the three other games. So it's just, uh, like you say, maybe it's just, a, a, and you know, you look at the last Army Navy game that just happened last week, and you look at the changes that go into the pistol a little bit, right? And trying to mix things up. And, you know, during my coverage of Army through the years, you always heard, okay, they're going to add a little bit of stuff, not necessarily wrinkles, but just, Maybe some more gun stuff because it seemed like they had quarterbacks like a Christian Anderson who can handle a little bit more gun or even a Jabari Laws that can handle a little bit more gun stuff. But to be honest, right, these guys who they're recruiting out of college, they're not really a lot of recruiting out of high school. I'm sorry. They're not really guys that are going to are under center guys a lot. Right. They're un, they're more of spread guys sometimes who are taking a lot of snaps from a shotgun position in high school. So um, maybe you'll see a little bit more of that. Um, you know, I just wanted to talk about a little bit more. I, I started to get into this a little bit in my story. And first off, we'll go to AJ Fitzpatrick saying Brent Davis did a great job building the Army team. And Munkin, I really think ever since the Air Force game that put him on the hot seat, a lot of play calling was questionable ever since that. Thanks, AJ, for your um for your uh, comments. Really appreciate that. If Guys, if you're watching right now, if you have any other comments, we'll read them out. Um. I want to say something about Brent Davis, the person. Um, I did an interview with him on uh, the week the week of the Army-Navy game. At the end of the interview, I asked him about, you know, what the senior class meant to him. And, I mean, I almost thought, I almost thought there were tears there. He really cares about these players, right? He really cares 
about not just the offensive linemen, uh, the offensive, the offensive players, all of the offensive players. He's had them over to his houses for dinner. Him and his wife. He talked about that a little bit, and he talked about how these senior, the senior class, they're going to leave their mark beyond this year with the younger players. He really felt like this was a team that you know they battled through some adversity this year. Um, six and six, yeah, it wasn't where they wanted to be, but he thought the the guys that were leaving, like the Tyre Tyler's, like the Cole Catterbones and uh, Connor Bishops, I can go on and on about the senior guys, um, the Maurice Ballons, the Brahe Murphys, that they were going to leave a mark on the guys that they were going to leave the program better, um, better off in the next couple of years. And, um, you know, talking about that was built at Army early, right, with the mob, the offensive line's nickname and that culture. And it seemed like that really was a big part of their change. I uh, just changing the, um, the feel around the team too. A lot had to do with the mob and a lot had to do. I think it was Matt Hugenberg who might've <laughs> nicknamed him the, the mob back, back, back when, but that was a big part of the culture at army and the culture change. Um, guys like Bryce Holland, guys like Brett Totes, guys like Peyton reader, you know, JB Hunter, we can go down up and down guys like a, a Josh Boylan, you know, who was a little bit undersized at first, but, but earned the right to start on the offensive line in his senior year was one of the best offensive players. You know, the offensive line was a big reason why they were successful. And, and Brent Davis coached the offensive line for nine years with the rise of army football. Brendan from six from sixteen to eighteen, you know when they they're um, all those wins. Get, give Brent Davis a lot of credit and the offensive line credit for that. For and of course you know the skill position players too, but played a pretty big role. I just want to um, you know just mention that because I think that it's important to know what was accomplished as much as you know some of the things that uh, we and I'm at uh, me. I'm the offensive critic on this podcast, right? I, I'm going to examine every play and say, oh, you could have done this better, could have done that better. Never coached a down in my life, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to like critique it. I've, I think I've seen enough football, especially at Army. Um, but, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to where, where, where they came from. And you wish maybe there was a little bit more evolution to this offense, maybe a little bit more creativity at times. But I mean, now we'll now we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and uh, and, and and this is something I've, I've said before on the podcast, but it, it bears repeating. You know, to me, to me, this was always more more than just play calling. Play calling is certainly a part of it, but it, for me, for me, it was kind of like the the larger idea of, uh, of just more more so talent evaluation. I think especially especially this year again like if <laughs> if they had if they had lost to navy we, we we just like we would be talking about the season and just be saying like my god like they had three firsty quarterbacks and just like could never seem to find anything with them like like what like what's happening um you know so uh, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, especially uh, 16, 17, 18, you know, a lot of, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those successful fourth down calls that the program has become known for, uh, you know, absolutely due to the strength of the offensive line um, kind of more so than the, than necessarily the, the, uh, the skill players behind them. Yeah. I think that, you know, this year there were a Battled injuries on the offensive line, guys kind of in and out. I mean, the guys that 
like Connor Bishop and Connor Finucane started every game. Jackson Flip what started, I think, 11 out of the 12 games. And then the, the tackles were kind of rotating. You had Finucane at tackle at times. You know, you had um, a little bit of a, a rotating rotation there at tackle. So, I mean, and the fullbacks were a little bit banged up. But, I mean, it, there is – you look at the one play in overtime where Mar- Mark – Markel Johnson scores against Navy, right? It's blocked perfectly. Josh Lingenfelter threw a great block there. The offensive line's really moving Navy off the ball, and um, that the play, the play, the play was a success. They just couldn't get it done on a consistent basis in the Service Academy games. And uh, you know, yeah, you win some, you lose some in those games. But uh, now it's going to be a little bit of a change. We'll see where it goes now. As far as who will be the next offensive coordinator. Um, Maybe we'll get let, let, you. You mentioned it before. Who's the guy on staff that you would like to see? Uh, maybe a chance to be offensive coordinator. So I, th- I think if they go internally, I would be very comfortable with uh, promoting uh, Matt Drinkle to offensive coordinator. You know, he's been uh, he's been a head coach before. Granted, it was at the NAIA level, but uh, I I believe if I remember correctly, um, Munkin Munkin found him. Uh, and because Drinkle was like giving a talk at some kind of like football coaches conference, like yeah. about his offensive philosophy. So, uh, yeah, I would I would be more than comfortable, um, with that because because again, t- you know, t- it's you know, it's um, it's more than just play calling. It's it's Italian evalu- evaluation and overall philosophy. So, yeah, I would look at like. I was talking to somebody today about who might be the next offensive coordinator, and you're thinking, okay, if they stay on staff, Drinkle is certainly a choice. Uh, Cody Worley, the quarterbacks coaches, could be a cho- could be a choice too. He was the uh, offensive coordinator for the Liberty Bowl um, in 2020 because uh, Brent Davis yes. couldn't, couldn't make yes. the game. Um, yeah, so I mean, you look at that. I mean, maybe they could go co- co-offensive coordinator if they had to with both of those guys. Um, Share the responsibility. You could certainly do that. Um, I, I know one name. You know, so here's the thing, right? Navy, Navy, right? Navy um, going undergoing a coaching change, and they haven't named their their uh, coach yet. You have a feeling that New- Brian Newberry is going to be the coach. I mean, the Navy coaches are out there recruiting with kind of the same staff as Ken Niamatololo. Yeah, they have to do that to try to keep the kids committed, especially with signing day coming up on the 21st, even though the signing of these certificates isn't binding. Right. But still you want to keep the classes together if you can. And, um, you know, maybe the name of Ivan Jasper comes up, right. Who was the Navy offensive coordinator before, uh, last season. And, um, you know, that the AD wanted to remove Ivan Jasper can fall, can Niamatololo fall hard, hard to keep his friend on staff. And I guess that Ken Niamatololo calling the plays this year for Navy. Um, so maybe Ivan Jasper, him and Jeff Munkin, you know, they, they their ties go back to Hawaii when Jeff Munkin was a grad assistant. Um, you know, but from what I heard, that's not a poss- that's not gonna happen. It's not gonna be Ivan Jasper coming in and being the offensive coordinator. And a lot of army fans are okay, let's have Coach Ken come in and be the offensive coordinator and stick it to Navy, right? I don't see that happening either, to be honest with you. I think we're gonna get a guy maybe if we're going to get somebody new, it might be uh, maybe an outside of the box kind of guy that might be under the radar. I've heard a couple, I heard a couple names, but I'm, I, I want to research those names before I throw them out there, but it's not going to be a guy that's going to come off the tip of your tongue and say, Oh yeah, that guy, 
you know, so I think it, it's kind of a wait and see approach here. And we also have to mention that um, also Slotbacks coach Jason Nich Nicholas will not be back this year. I will might be back for 2023 either after one year. So they do have technically they do have two openings on staff, I guess you could see. And, you know, they're, they're guys out there, right? Um, well, there's a guy out there that we talked about before we went live on the podcast. First, uh, let's get to this comment by um, Asa. Dude, he said, any specific coaching names you think would fit the – uh, USMA Bill. Uh, we just got to that. Sorry, I'm a little late on that comment. I apologize. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I we were, I was mentioning Trent Steelman out there. Trent Steelman is the offensive coordinator for Eastern Kentucky. He's been doing that for a couple of years. He's the former Army quarterback. And there was a time when Trent Steelman wanted to come back to West Point and coach. I'm not sure where that's at right now, but there are guys who have some connection to the academy or have some connection to Jeff Munkin that are, are out there. Um, now, and please don't go out and say, I think you said Trent Steelman is a candidate to be the next army offensive coordinator, right? I'm not saying that I'm saying there, there are guys out there that, that could be on the, that could may or may or not may or may not be on the list or have the credentials to be um, considered for the position. We'll see what direction um, Jeff Munkin goes, but, Brendan, here's my thought real quick, and then we'll get into the other stuff with Andre Carter. My thought real quick, if you're doing this, right, and you're going away from a guy that's been your offensive coordinator for nine years at West Point and was also your coordinator at Georgia Southern, you've had a longstanding relationship with Brent Davis. You probably have somebody in mind that you want to fill that position, right? You don't just get rid of a guy who you've had some success with, Um Granted, uh, this year was a little bit rough, but you've had some success with it in the past. You don't just say, okay, time time, time for a change. You, you probably have – my thinking is Jeff Munkin probably has somebody in mind for the position that probably me or you have no, might not might not even considered. So, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a good point. Um, I mean, I, ultimately, whoever, whoever gets hired to fill that role, I won't necessarily – uh, be surprised unless it is like Ken or Ivan Jasper, uh, or or even uh, Brian Bohannon, who's the current head coach at Ken Kennesaw State, who's uh, who's a former Navy assistant. But I don't know why he wouldn't uh, get an interview for the Navy head coaching job. But that's that's a great point. You know, like uh, uh, Munkin and uh, uh, Munkin and Davis go back a long time. So yeah, I, I can't I can't imagine. I can't imagine this would be just like an emotional, like snap decision. And then, Oh, like, we don't know, like, we don't know who we're even going to look at. Uh, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I certainly, I certainly would hope given more of the through line of stability at, at, at West point that they would uh, have somebody in mind already, as opposed to uh, what's currently going on at the Naval Academy. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's, you know, we talked about Matt Drinkle. We talked about Cody Worley. Also, you have Mike V also on staff. He doesn't have any prior coordinator coordinator experience. But if you think that Mike's going to move up the line, so to speak, on the on the Army coaching staff, maybe that's another guy you consider too. So, I mean, there's options out there. And like I said, um, I'm hearing I'm hearing some names kind of outside the box, but I would like to check those names out before I um mention them on the podcast. But we'll see what happens. Um. Uh, I think that's about it for uh, today's coaching news. I think we pretty much covered everything. You know what, too? To make this change right now when 
like we said, signing day is um, the 21st, right? It's Wednesday. And to make this change now, now I want to also give Brent Davis his, his credit with recruiting. His, um, his uh, territory's recruiting um, area is Georgia, right? And Army, you know how well Army – Army's um, roster is made up of a lot of Georgia players and a lot of Georgia players that Brent Davis has gone to their high schools, has gone to their homes and pitched Army football. And he should be definitely um, complimented for that. And he, he's been a good re- he's been a good a good to great recruiter for Army. Right. He's brought in some really solid players. I I tried to mention him in, in, in the um, story. Um, I'm thinking of guys like Kel Walker. I'm thinking like guys like Tyrell Robinson, Ken Brinson. I'm thinking of um, Peyton Reader, um, Brian England. These are guys from the state of Georgia, from the peach, uh, from the peach state that Brent Davis has been involved in recruiting. So um, by moving away from Brent, you, you, you're um, losing a, you're losing a pretty good recruiter too. pretty good recruiter too. So somebody's going to have to step in there, uh, whether it's a, new offensive line coach, new slot backs coach. Um, maybe they um, move territory. Maybe they change it up. Maybe uh, a drink, drink all Cody Worley goes to that territory or we'll see what happens, but he had a pretty, may have had a good run, at, good run as a, a recruiter too. Let's get to AJ Fitzpatrick saying, oh, um, well, we don't, we don't really go into that AJ too much. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to pass on, I'm going to pass on the comments there. Uh, yeah. Um, but he says, do you think Army will have new packages with an air raid passing game? Um, Brendan, you want I, – I, no, I, I don't think they will. Do you want I to think they kind of they, they kind of did to start this season, and they ended up going 0-2. So I I don't know. Um, I, you know, they, they, they could certainly stand to pass 10 times a game. Um, you know, you just like – I don't know. Like, uh, you, 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 so I, I think, I think part of, I think part of the problem is, uh, or, or like part of what's been the problem, especially in terms of like evaluating quarterbacks is like, you get, you know, like you you can only, you can, like everybody talks about the importance of practice and practice evaluations and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's army going up against army. It's not, you know, and there's only like, <laughs> there's only so much that throwing against the army scout team can tell you as far as like somebody's passing ability. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, they can stand to throw 10 times a game. I, I, I don't think that's a problem. I just wish they would stop throwing on first and 10. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, you know, when you talk to Jeff Monk and what, what's his philosophy about winning football games, running the football and stopping them. And he and I remember even going back to Rich Ellerson, who you know was the coach before Munkin. You know, you always say about how many things can go wrong when you drop back to pass, right? I mean, yeah, completion is 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 one of the, the only positives that can happen when you interception, you know, fumble, incompletion, you know. So if if you think if you think of that that way, and that's been the philosophy pretty much that run the football to set up the pass. Play action passes have been really the key passes in this Army offense under Jeff Munkin, right? Not necessarily, hey, we're behind. Let's throw the ball all over the all over the stadium. Not necessarily is what got it done. Um, Asa dude said, um, agree with what you both were saying earlier about uh, Munkin having uh, saw this coming and having a contingency pl- plan in place. John Griffin said Army needs to be more successful recruiting quarterback. 
like Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, John Griffin's also say Bryson Daly looks promising. Um, promising runner for sure. We got to see how Bryson can can do in the passing game. You know, we haven't really seen that in games, but he look he's looking pretty good running the football. Um, hope to see more of that in the spring. Um, he said, dude, feels like the next feels like the next two seasons are an opportunity to take advantage of some Navy instability. We'll see. We'll see what direction Navy goes. If they keep Brian Newberry, you know, then there's not so maybe the instability is maybe not as much as you think. I mean, you know, I've, I've certainly sat through my fair share of, of beatdowns on the army side in, in the army Navy game. I would love to see at least one going the other way in my lifetime. <laughs> Yeah, it would be nice, right? And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the future, um, guys. If you want to keep your comments going, we'll we'll, we'll certainly uh, put your comments up there. We'll answer your any questions. But let's talk real quick before this happens today on Sunday with the the coaching change uh, news on staff. You know, the big news this week was um, Andre Carter in the NFL, right, Brendan? I mean, you had um, yet. You know what I found pretty. Um, Pretty timing is uh, the week before the Ar- the week of the Army Navy game. I think it was Friday. M- military news came out with um, a story about a bill being passed, trying to be been sent through Congress, a bill where um, cadet athletes, service academy athletes, would have to again reverting back to before 2019 uh, when it was changed by uh, Donald Trump. Um, about service academy athletes having to wait and do their service time before they not going directly to the pros like they can right now. And I thought the timing of it was pretty, um, I don't know the timing of it, the army Navy game, the day before the army Navy game, right. Um, just was, was odd to me. And I thought there was some agenda agenda involved and then it passes through apparently the Senate, um, this, this past week. And now the, and it's kind of like not at the forefront of, of this um, of this act. You know, it's kind of toward the end of this act. So I don't know if it's it's not necessarily snuck in there, but it's not necessarily at the top of the act apparently. And yeah, it was it was an it was an amendment here, political. Yeah, it was an amendment to the bill, so it was not something that was drawn up as originally as part of the bill. Yeah, and I think that I'm sorry, you probably know more about that stuff than I do. But to me, there seems like definitely some agenda behind this, no doubt. I mean, if Andre Carter's not a, not a high round pick, are they doing this right now? Are they are they are they considering uh, changing it up again? And you know, Ben Kotwika, I posted my thoughts on Twitter, and Ben Kotwika, former Army coach, uh, former Army. Um, Lyman, he was a coach at Army Prep. Steve Anderson, one of Steve Anderson's mentors, Steve Anderson, um, co-host on this podcast. Um, he said it seems like they flip-flop on this every three to five years. And that's because, you know, you get – if the president presidents change, you have different quote-unquote philosophies. But I'm not too sure this is coming from the Biden side. I'm thinking that this is coming from one, um, one politician in Wisconsin who was a former um, Marine – who believes yeah. that, you know, a service academy grads should all be war fighters in his mind. You know, they shouldn't be doctors. They shouldn't be, you know, they should all be war fighters um, in his mind. So I don't know. To me, I think it's – and you know what I think? The, the funny thing is 
he go, he 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 backtracks a little bit, right? And he says he's going to do everything he can now to try to grandfather the, the the athletes that were under this previous going directly to the pros, right? Going directly to the pros. You're telling me that he had no idea who Andre Carter is before he before he, he before he tried to um, write this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I've... you tell me he had no idea the situation. He had no idea who Andre Carter was and how this might affect one person in this draft. I mean, maybe Air Force has a guy who maybe they have an offensive lineman that gets drafted this year. I don't know, right? But two people at the most that this is going to affect, and he had no idea. I, I don't know. This it seems like it's just very unfair to a guy like Andre Carter. I mean, Andre Carter did Andre Carter have to stay at West Point? No, he could have went to the transfer portal. He could have went to a school where he probably could have got a little bit more, um, been on TV a little bit more in front of more people, in front of more eyes. But he decided to stay, and he decided to stay because told once he graduates West Point, he can he has a chance to go directly to the NFL. And Andre Carter, like a guy who um, is going to forget about West Point, you know. Like you look at guys like um, a Brett Toast, for instance, who, who's on the Eagles. Look at guys like Cole Christensen, Elijah Riley, and John Radigan. Those guys are promoting the Army while they're in the NFL. They're not just working out. They're not, you know, they're not just going to team meetings in the off season. They're they're promoting the Army. I think I've always thought in my mind, and I dealt with this with Caleb Campbell in 2008. I was the beat writer when Caleb Campbell on the first day of training camp was yanked out of training camp. Um, on that yeah. day to, and yeah. told you got to go back to the army and grandstanding agenda using these athletes as now, am I wrong to say, Brendan, that they, these guys are being used as pawns here or am I not? I don't, is pawns the right word in your mind? I, you tell me. No, no, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, and there's, there's, there's multiple frustrating aspects to this. First of all, the, the fact that, you know, the fact that they can't get any traction on, on a single policy for more than a few years because it is, you know, a, a political tool to be had. And, uh, you know, what it like whenever like anytime there's anytime there's, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a dangling switch or a level, a lever out there for somebody to pull. Uh, to make something happen, to to get some attention or whatever, uh, they're gonna do it. Um, you know the the timing of it is very frustrating, and and ultimately the most frustrating thing to me, especially in the context of the here and now, is like all of all of the services are way behind on their recruiting goals. Like there was a big story about that this year, and you're telling me that. Like, it, it, for like, forget the fact that there's already dozens of other exceptions where people don't necessarily go straight uh, into their service commitment. You know, whether it be road scholars, world class athlete program, what have you. There's there's tons of existing exceptions beyond just playing in the NFL. Um, but like, is is Andre Carter going to do more? for the army PR wise, recruiting wise, you know, going to the NFL, getting, getting, you know, becoming maybe a first round pick, hopefully like playing at a high level somewhere 
or uh, as somebody so eloquently said on Twitter, and, I, and I'll clean it up a little bit, you know, shoveling dung in Fort Bedding. You're like, you know, which of these things is going to bring <laughs> more more positive eyeballs to the army? Uh, it's just like it, it, it boggles the mind. You know what? I think you make a good point. And I, I wish we had Steve on because Steve could definitely put it in perspective here. This is way out of my league. But I was going to a Kelvin Hopkins tweet, uh, former Army quarterback, that I wanted to, to uh, say on read on this podcast. And I want, he said, believe me when I say the Army is not starving for lieutenants. Someone's third shot will be okay without Andre Carter. And maybe that's what you're saying. Maybe there's not enough. Maybe there's too many second lieutenants right now and not enough, you know, soldiers for those second lieutenants to um, lead maybe right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But um, good, good point by Kelvin Hopkins there. And, and, and even the guys who are serving now are behind Andre Carter here, you know, the, the former Army players. And, yeah, maybe he was their teammate and stuff, but they're out there right now in the Army, and they are serving. And they say a lot of these a lot of these former guys, some of them are out, guys who played 20 years ago are saying, hey, we've been there, we've been we've been through, the, through our service time. And I think if you polled everybody maybe but the politicians, you might say, hey, it's a bit more of a benefit for him to be out in the NFL promoting and – Every time when he's mentioned, hey, he was an All-American at Army. He was the first All-American at Army since Mike Mayweather in 1990. You know, showing that, you know, you can do both. You can be yeah. a successful. You can graduate from the, the academy and you can you can have success in 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 the athletic field. It's so. it's, it's literally I mean, so so the so the thing the thing that's different about an army player going to the NFL, as opposed to all of these like other uh, exceptions that, that do happen and still happen. It's free advertising on what remains the biggest television show in America. Like, yeah. like you couldn't like, I mean, like you can buy it, but it'd be very expensive. Meanwhile, like, you know, hypothetically next year, if, if, if Carter's on a team somewhere, you every week, every single week on national television, somebody's saying, "Hey, this kid went to Army. This kid went to Army. This kid went to West Point. You know, this kid's yeah. this. You know, this kid's eventually going to be fulfilling his service, but not right now." And it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I so really hope that so this. I really. I'm sorry, Brennan. Um, no, no, go I'm ahead. So, go ahead. I hope. I hope that this doesn't hurt his draft stock because, you know, at the before the season started, he, you know, guys like Kuiper were having Mel Kuiper were having him a top 15 pick. And yeah, he, he was a little banged up this year and he didn't put up the stats that he did last year. There's a lot of reasons why playing through some injuries, getting double, triple team, you know, teams no, paying a little bit more attention to Andre than they did last year um, at the beginning of the year. And so, but I just, there were eight, teams at army navy in the press box there to see eight nfl teams there to see andre carter and i did have a chance to talk to one of the of the scouts from a team um for a little bit and i was asked some questions about andre carter i was asked about you know his character and i was asked about what type of kid he is and i've never heard anybody say one bad word about andre carter his work ethic is out of this world his play when when he's when he's healthy is next level, and I hope that this doesn't affect his draft stock by you know uh, 
you know, a representative from Wisconsin coming up with this, you know, uh, amendment to a bill to, you know, try to take away what Andre Carter, that was a given to him that he was going to be able to play his four years, graduate from West Point and get his chance at the NFL. That's all he's asking for is a chance. And I'll tell you, Ryan McCarthy, we had on this podcast about a year ago, former secretary of the army. And he's a guy who signed off on Elijah Riley. He's a guy who signed off on Cole Christensen. And he still says that, and he was quoted in the Pete Thamel story on ESPN that came out um, a few days back. And he was saying, he still thinks that the best thing, like like we're saying, the best thing pretty a good thing for this army is to have these guys out there to to promote the army and get the word out on the army and also he said that you know connor slumka had a chance with the jaguars he had a rookie tryout chance it didn't work out for him he graduated ranger school and is serving right now you know and he's saying he was in the same class as elijah riley and cole christensen they, they all came out at that time and you know he it didn't work out for connor in, in the nfl and he's serving you know, so, I mean, it's not like these guys are trying to dodge their service time. It's not like they're trying to, you know, if it doesn't work out, if, you know, there's a couple guys on Army's team that have their um, pro day and scouts want to give them a chance at rookie minicamp like it happened last year with Eric Smith, Nolan Cockrell, Malcolm Morrison, guys like that, said Cunningham, doesn't work out, then, you know, they, they're going to have to – if they're if they're physically able to do it, they're going to have to start their five their clock starts in their five years of military service. I mean, it's not like these guys are looking to dodge; they're looking for a chance to a chance to play play professionally. If it doesn't work out, you know, they go back they go back and do do their military time. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know the 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 whole the whole thing the whole thing is frustrating all around and and. I I think what what really what really makes it painful is I don't I don't think I don't think this this amendment or or, or any of this guy's logic is being proposed in in good faith. Um, I yeah. think I think he just like has an axe to grind or something. So yeah, I mean, and and we commend we commend him for his service time. Uh, Mike Gallagher is his name, the rep from uh, Wisconsin. And you know, you know what gets me a little bit, and I'm probably again, I'm really speaking out of turn here. Before I speak out of turn, let's get to AJ Fitzpatrick's uh, comment here. The whole entire thing sounds strange. Did he not know about the waiver? No other politician hasn't complained ever since 2019. What what is the problem? Why is it a problem now? And I'm gonna. This is why I want to touch on real quick, and maybe we'll 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 be done with this. Um, you know, it seems like now that it's picking up some steam on social media, and people are getting behind. You know, Andre Carter's uh, position and wanting him to get that chance that he was quote promised, so to speak. Now there's politicians coming back. You know, on Andre's Carter. Andre Carter's side. Where were they? Where were these guys when the, when this bill's passing through? Now I don't know how I don't know how politics works, Brendan. I know it had to pass through the Senate, and um, there's a couple. One guy from one um, politician from New York State has come out and said, uh, "Absolutely, he should be able to play in the NFL." Yeah, well, I, I don't that. know if this ever went. Through. I don't know if did this thing does this bill does it go through? Did it go through your desk? I don't know if it did. If it did. You're a little, you're a little late to the party right now, and I don't know if one politician stand would get it 
would stop it? No, they vote for it, right? So I don't know if these politicians that are coming out right now in support of Andre Carter did 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 say something when this bill was passing through. But now it's like, okay, and now this and now uh, Gallagher's backtracking, right? And now he's going to find a way. His his was uh, man, I had had scratcher on his quote, man. Um, actually, I do have some information on um the offensive coordinator that I think we're going to be happy with. I might, I don't know if I should reveal, I don't know if I should reveal it on the, on the podcast, Brendan. I I have, I have some information on possibly the next, next offensive coordinator, but um, first let me, um, first let me get to this, uh, this quote real quick. Don't mind. uh, Sorry. I'm taking a couple minutes here. It was by the, um, by the politician here. By Mike Gallagher, he told Pete Thamel uh, two days ago, I will be working with my colleagues to identify a legislative fix that addresses this issue by grandfathering in existing athletes into the current system. Can you explain what does that mean? And like, (laughs) what what, what exactly does that mean, Brendan? I mean, does that mean he's going to? Um, that's good. Means he's Andre Carter is going to be grandfathered, right? I mean, is that what that means? Um, I, 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 you know, by, by all, by all of my logic, I, I assume that's that, that, that is that, what, what that would mean. Um, it's confusing. The way sometimes things are written. Yeah. I, so I guess, like, I guess whoever, uh, Whoever was like at the academy at the time, um, or at any, I guess, well, technically at any at any of the academies, I guess, is what we're really talking about. Um, you know, when the when the policy was in place, you know, if if that's if that's what they were told in 2019, I guess, like then they're then they would be grandfathered in by what they were told in 2019, as opposed to uh, whatever the rule is going forward, but. So it would know, start man. with the. Is it going to start at this freshman class at, at the academies now? Uh, with not just you know, and we're not talking about just we're not talking about just uh, football here. You know, it's the non world class athlete programs, right? That this would probably football, of course, is that it gets the big headlines. But I mean, it doesn't start with this year's freshman coming in. This this new this new amendment to the bill. Who knows? Um, I yeah. wanted to read Pat Ryan. I want to read Pat Ryan's um, comments here out of out of Ulster County. He's a West Point grad, and he's representing New York in Congress. And he said Andre Carter II should be eligible for the NFL draft period, full stop. When he committed to West Point, the rules were clear. If you're in a spot in the NFL, you can delay your service and take it. We must honor this commitment. Now that's coming from the, the New York politician, Pat Ryan, who, like I said, I wish that kind of stuff would have came out a little earlier. I wish that – you know, but we'll see. Um, I guess I'm going to give a tease here. I'm not going to. I'm not going to completely reveal, but I, I, I seem like I got. I got a little tip on Army's next offensive coordinator, and from the tip I got, it will be. It will be a guy who's currently on staff. So that's what I got. I want to follow up on it. I want to follow up on a few things before I uh, put it out there. But um, it looks like it'll be a guy currently on staff, and. Um, we'll see we'll see hopefully i'll have hopefully i'll have that within the next uh 24 hours and uh i'll put it up on the website and guys 
please please at blackknightnation.com that's where the story on Brent Davis um being uh, uh, uh let go as offensive coordinators up there right now um follow our um Instagram accounts our our YouTube channel or all over the place uh subscribe to this podcast it really helps us out getting our podcast out there um we're getting some good numbers on our podcast lately and we really appreciate you guys uh following us brendan we can't thank you enough for jumping on today i mean this is like you know we're ready to talk just some nfl get get in and out of here and then by the time we're done with the coaching news you know we're like 45 minutes in so thanks so much for your time uh, you know like Last, last, last two Sundays, we've had a lot of coaching news to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe we'll have some more. Maybe I'll have some more, like I said, soon. And um, we'll also uh, want to get Steve Anderson's take on this. And we also want to get um, some other people. I'm going to try to get Ryan McCarthy on this podcast to talk about, you know, the, his thoughts on the benefit of the, of the Service Academy athletes going directly to the pros, um, working on some other guests, too. So we hope that um, – um, that we can get you those guests. Um, AJ Fitzpatrick, thank you so much for having me on the show, Sal. Thank you. Uh, open invitation anytime for Army fans. You know, we, we love to have your comments and interaction. And John Griffin saying thank you, guys. No problem. Um, yeah, so look out for possibly a story on Army's next uh, offensive coordinator coming up soon. And, we guys, we appreciate you joining us tonight. And, Brendan, thanks a lot. And we'll, we'll be back soon with the next um, Black Knight Nation podcast. Thanks, Al. Merry Christmas and beat Navy.